What's your favorite latest dad joke? How did the hamburger introduce his wife? How? Meet Patty. Oh my gosh. We can't use that. (laughs) You're listening to Lead Him to Life, where it's our prerogative to explore what it means to be authentically human and fully alive. We have far more questions than answers, but believe that extraordinary answers can be found in the ordinariness of a journey. I'm your host, Emily Leadham. Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of Lead Him to Life. I am really excited about this one. I know I say that about all of my episodes, but I have my favorite person in the world with me. How do you feel about that? About being your favorite person in the world? Yeah. I know it. Who's your favorite person in the world? Uh, Claire Matt, and you, <laughs> you, you hesitated. No, of course you're my favorite person. Okay, in the thank world. you. That's what I needed. Um, Matt Leadham, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. I'm excited to be back. So the last time you were on um, was several months ago. You were the season finale of season one. This is not the season finale, but I was thinking this is, um, so this will come out Thanksgiving week and next Sunday is Advent, which means start of the new church year. And so really you're closing out the year with us. I kind of like you in finale episodes, Hmm. even though this is not a finale, like, like, you know what I'm saying? The big bang. Go out with a bang. Oh my gosh. So, welcome back. Okay, you've introduced yourself before, so tell us three fun facts about you. Go. Uh, Can I instead do something different? (laughs) (laughs) Sure, Matt. Whatever you want, you're in charge. Uh, I was just... I think what you meant to ask was what, what are you, what are you looking forward to this Advent? And what I would the way I would respond. <laughs> yes, that's exactly the question I intended to would ask. Would be by um, sharing with your listeners that we have exciting news that Emily is going to have a baby in May. Whoop whoop! Uh, so I'm excited going into Advent, pregnant. Uh, we had this once before where you were pregnant with. Claire, um, very pregnant with Claire during Advent. And it's just, it makes that time of preparation and the entering into the new year something even more special. I'm feeling a little bit of that again this year. Okay, not to bring up a sore subject, but I think we should ask our listeners their opinion on the gender reveal situation. Absolutely not. It's already been decided. Okay, no, see, here's what's happening, friends. So we have an ultrasound on December 15th, exactly 10 days before Christmas, 10 whole long days. So we, um, with our kiddos, have opted to find out sex of the baby um, because we like to. Because we have no patience. Because we have no patience, (laughs) which is going to get really clear very soon. So... I want to find out at the ultrasound and then have a little celebration for grandmas and grandpas, tell Claire and Maggie later, um, you know, the whole shebang if we're having a boy or girl. But I think that it would be so much more fun if we had them write down the sex of the baby in an envelope and we gave that gift to each other on Christmas morning. And I was like, okay, I get what you're saying, 
but we could still give that gift to other people. And I'm like, 10 days is a really long time. I'm going to pull the selfish card here. Uh, I want that gift for <laughs> no, myself. No, no, no. It wasn't, it wasn't even your selfish card. It was, it was Emily, this is me <laughs> leading our household. <laughs> and this is what I think we need to do. So I'm probably going to lose this battle, but I'm drawing the line at Christmas Eve. Mm. We'll see. Okay. No. Okay. Uh, that You hesitated there. That was the most negotiation that I've gotten out of you. I just think it's, no, it's going to be Christmas morning. Maybe I'll put a poll on Instagram and let people determine. Sure, you go ahead and do that. And then, <laughs> and then they can tell us to open it on December 15th when we actually nope. get the ultrasound. Um, okay, I have a question for you. I haven't asked you this. So when Father Jeff came on and he, do you remember his question that he was pondering at the end? refresh my memory um it was the one about um is it imprudent or something like that to um have a baby during a pandemic or get pregnant during a pandemic do you remember that question no what you loved that episode i did that that part did not stick out to you because we were already pregnant maybe so it just like wasn't a thing for you oh interesting oh men and women are so different do you okay I'm curious from your perspective, now that we are 17-ish weeks in, your discernment of whether or not or or when to try and have another baby. Uh, I think that... Because we're very different in this way. Yeah. I think that as a provider for our family, as a husband and father, I very much probably focus more on the practical things, you know, like many men, I want to have all my ducks in a row, which I know isn't, that's not realistic to always have everything figured out and have a plan. Um, And of course we're always open, but um, I feel like it's hard to even have that conversation now, having a baby coming in May without any idea of kind of the state that our family will be in you know, when we get to that time when we would be ready to start talking about having another baby again. Is that what you're asking? No. No, no, no. I'm asking, looking back, you processing, or are you just like, this is what we're doing, and you're totally at peace? Well, I think... I guess what I said still applies, (laughs) if that counts. I think that, um, yeah, it was, I, it was slower for me to get to that point where I was ready. Um, but once we kind of got to that point together then I was, you know, all for it saying, let's go, it's time, um, and totally open and excited. And I think, the early part of pregnancy especially is probably harder for me. Um, you are experiencing... Easy for you to say. <laughs> or, I mean, easier for me, I should say. Oh. In some ways. it's You're experiencing all these like bodily changes and these things, and your disposition's already shifting towards a baby's coming in our house. For me, not a whole lot has changed yeah. yet. <clears throat> Which is kind of a weird dynamic. Because mm-hmm. it's something that I think about every day. And not that you don't think about it or whatever, but yeah, it's not, it's not as real to you. Or I've heard a lot of men say like, it's just not as real to me until we're at the hospital. Totally. And 
which is why we it's such a gift that we have nine months to prepare for this baby. <laughs> you know, because <laughs> I knew I, what he was doing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, so baby's coming in May and this pregnancy has been okay. I feel like I have felt better, minus some headaches, which the people of Instagram were super helpful with. And I'm thinking we might be having a boy. What's your hunch? Do you have a hunch? I don't, I don't know if I've got a hunch. This no pregnancy has been a little bit different than the other two, so it could potentially be a boy. But and I'd be happy either way. Totally. I would. I wouldn't mind the experience of raising a son, though. I would be fascinated to see you with it. You're got kind the of girl, a girl dad. Though. I kind of got the girl thing figured out. You, I think. <laughs> until tomorrow. Until tomorrow. That's always our joke, right? Yeah. Like right when we think we've got something figured out the next day comes or the next stage comes and it's always something different. And I panic at least once a week about what the teenage years will be like with at least two girls in our house. But you know what I think you should do? We've talked, Oh, we've talked about this. I think you actually brought it up. Um, regular father daughter dates Mm -hmm. game changer, which you kind of have started now a little bit more. So with Claire, who's our oldest, mainly because you guys are both up at 5am every day. Yeah, I, th- I think that's something that you've talked about fondly that your dad did with you. And clearly it has had a big impact on your life and kind of how you perceive dating and what that should look like. And um, I hope that's something I can do with our girls. Yeah, totally. So the last time that you were on, one of the things that we talked about was family goals, um, which is kind of a habit that we uh, started a couple of years ago. Something like that early on in our marriage where uh, every year, typically on a five-hour trip back from the Black Hills, uh, we would lay out goals for the year and different categories that we really wanted to focus on. Uh, what are our categories? Financial, physical, spiritual, spiritual intellectual, intellectual, pastoral. What's our pastoral? Oh, like service mm-hmm. or involvement in our parish or whatever. Um And a few weeks ago, we were over at some friend's house. We get together with a small group of couples um, every other week. And we were all kind of sharing just the realities of life right now and the difficulties. It's been a a year, (laughs) if that's fair to say. And um, someone asked the question, what's working for you right now? What's working for you? And... The thing that came to my mind, I'm not sure, I don't even, I think we just agreed on the answer. The thing that came to our mind was family prayer, which was a goal that we had had on our list for the last couple of years, pretty much ever since Claire was born, even before then, just as a couple. And it's not because it's been perfect. (laughs) I mean, oh my gosh, tonight tonight is a great example of how it's not perfect. Tonight was so bad, but I will say that I feel like family prayer, this commitment that we have made to family prayer this this year, um, has been transformative. I would say that a lot of that has, the success that we've had has come from your training in Catechesis for the Good Shepherd. That's, I haven't thought about it that way, but you're probably right. Because I learned so, so Catechesis of the Good Shepherd um, is a is a program basically for a methodology, kind of a Montessori-based 
catechesis program for kids. Um, and as part of my work, I was able to help bring this into the diocese and go to trainings and that kind of thing. And I just learned so much about the spiritual potential of the child. And I, I do, I think it kind of changed the way that we lead our family in prayer and whatever. So, okay, so maybe as a starting point, Matt, what um, what has our family prayer come to look like, just really practically over, and it's because it's kind of changed throughout the last year a little bit, but what does it come to look like? And we're going to tell, yeah, just share kind of our highs and lows um, and how it's born some fruit in our family. Yeah, I, th- I think you should probably define a couple things first. Um, I feel like we've really intentionally trying to grow uh, in prayer as a family, but also as um, spouses, like between you and I, yeah. and then also individually. And maybe we shouldn't separate prayer into like those three categories, or maybe you should, I don't know. But there's different habits and postures, I think, that are required to be successful in each of those things. So the way we pray, pray with our kids looks different than the way that we pray with just you and I, and that looks different than the way that I pray by myself. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like in my brain, I've kind of separated those three things, and I'm we're kind of evolving and trying to define, you know, how do we best accomplish our goals in those three areas of prayer um, in their own unique ways. So, but talking about prayer as a family of us and the kids, we've kind of gotten into this habit where before bedtime, we've had dinner, we've had some like time to to play wind down a little bit and play. Read, yeah. We all kind of get together and sometimes that's upstairs in the girl's bedroom and sometimes it's downstairs. Um, but we've gotten in these habits where I asked the girls to go grab me the special book from the bookshelf, you know, they go get me the Bible and, uh, we open up to some scripture passage and I read a very brief section of that, like one sentence and try to focus on one or two words from that sentence. And that was a catechesis of the Good Shepherd thing. Like, give them rich fruit, but not too much of it. Like, one verse. Very, very simple. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, continue. So we read that, uh, and then we just take a couple of minutes to glorify glorify God. You know, we praise God. We say, we love you, Jesus. These types of things that are familiar to our girls, I think. You know, we tell them we love them all the time, and we... um, you know, express just kind of our affection. And so we want to establish that same kind of relational affection for God in prayer. And so we take a few minutes just to do that. And then for kids, I think especially for our girls right now, what they understand is gratitude. And so we go around, we just say, what are we thankful for today? Kind of thing. And most usually it's, uh, I hear from the girls, I'm thankful for mommy, daddy, Claire and Maggie, (laughs) you know, so they're, they're talking about the things in their life, um, the things that are right there, right then, that they're thankful for, that they know. But then sometimes we'll see, we'll hear other names from other family members, you know, grandma and grandpa, Grammy and papa, or other things, people at daycare or their toys or things like that too, (laughs) which is such, I think for us, um, an insight and kind of a vulnerable moment where we're getting to see 
kind of where is what is the heart of our child to where that's a desires. good point i actually hadn't really thought about it in that way but you're totally right and it's and it's the same way and maybe we can talk about this a little in a little bit too but in spousal prayer like when i hear the things that are coming forward in your heart it's such a teller for me or an insight into you and a vulnerability on your end um i haven't thought about it like that with the girls that's a really good point yeah and and so after we kind of say what we're thankful for then we usually just kind of wrap up with a prayer um, to help them to be more familiar with prayers. And sometimes we sing a song and sometimes we just say a prayer. And then sometimes we ask for intercessions of saints and sometimes we don't. Almost always we end with JP too, don't we? Yeah. He's kind of the patron of our family. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's interesting because just tonight, um, most of the time we gather at our little uh coffee table in front of our fire in front of our fireplace unless it's like been a night and if you're a parent you know what i'm talking about like those nights where, where you're just done and maybe we'll you know meet upstairs in one of the girls room or something like that but it was interesting because tonight um you said you feel like there's a difference when we gather in the same place and in just the environment the environment matters. I I find that so true for my own personal prayer too. That there's a form, and kind of the posture is important, and you're and those things can change the disposition that you have going into prayers. So if I have a separated space that I've kind of created as my prayer space in our house, which I do, um, I tend to enter into prayer more easily there than I do if it's in, you know, someplace else. Mm -hmm. So if we were to try to do our family night prayer in the playroom where all the girls' toys are, I doubt that we'd be very successful. Yeah. Even the other day, the polls were over. Did you, were you there for that part of Mm -hmm. the conversation? And we were sitting by the fireplace and it, I don't know what struck me about it and maybe it was the conversation or whatever and I just thought this is a sacred room in our house and Levi said this is where you do your family prayers isn't it it's like yeah it is and I it's just it kind of reminded me of that oh what's that movie the uh you know what I'm talking about the the where the lady prays in the specific room in the closet in her house the war room have you seen that movie no never seen it I don't know if I'd recommend it I think it's pretty good. Um, but that's kind of what it reminded me of. I was like, oh man, that's that what a cool thing that this is becoming kind of our sacred place. How do you feel about your prayer space moving into your gym? Uh or, or Matt's man cave, as I like to call it, greatest life. I don't know if I love it yet. I think I need to do a few things to make it maybe a little bit more separate from the other, the space, the storage area, that type of thing, so that it is kind of uniquely its own. I should start covering your uh, creations down there on the gram. Yeah, it's quite the it's quite the work of art, friends. Matt has I've made a, it my own. We have a a, uti- a utility room, mm-hmm. basically, is what it is. And uh, when we moved into this house, we got rid of our gym membership because we would never go. And you turned our utility room into greatest life. (laughs) If you're from Sioux Falls, you'll think that's hilarious. It's not great life. It's greatest life. And now your little prayer space is added to there too. Mm -hmm. 
It's my sanctuary. <laughs> it's your sanctuary. Next up, rock climbing wall. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see if we get there. Um, okay, so talk a little bit more about how including gratitude or the as Claire sings, what are you thankful for? What are you thankful for? I don't know where she learned that digger. Um, how do you think gratitude has or having that regular part as part of our prayer, how has that affected you? Well, I think just by shifting your disposition to one of receptivity, it makes you more aware of um, God's presence in the world. Uh, And um, I see that in my own prayer. I think I see that in our marriage, that when I am often expressing thankfulness for the things that you're doing, or if I'm entering into, um, you know, the day with gratitude for who you are, that it changes that disposition to, um, make me maybe softer, less, um, I don't know what the, the word I'm looking for, but, um, yeah, just more receptive to you in the ways that I need to be and less critical of the, the times when we all fail. You know, the times when I fail you, the times when you fail me. Same thing with the girls. I think that when we have our family prayer and we're taking a moment to express in gratitude the things that we're thankful for, it, it shifts in them and it softens their heart. Um, and it does the same for us. Do you feel like it makes you more tender? Yeah, uh, yeah I would say that, but also not soft. You know what I mean? Like gratitude, tenderness doesn't mean um, that you can't be assertive and you can't be uh, action oriented. Yeah. I just think when I root myself in gratitude or when we've had that regular practice, like even um, even after Father Joe's episode, um, a couple Father Joe Vogel, what did I name that one? Crockpots and women are crockpots. Microwaves. microwaves. Yeah. I loved that episode because it was a bit of a fly on a shoestring and it was amazing. Like he just had so many great insights. Um, But at the end, he talked about um, at the end of the day, what was it? Five, five things you're thankful for. Um, I'm sorry for, and then would you help me get to heaven or something? And so we've, we've done that a few times since that episode came out and hearing, hearing you share specifically the things that you are thankful for, um, kind of oriented towards, you know, oriented towards me or things that I might have been able to do for our family that day or, uh, whatever. Um, I just feel like it softened, it softens my heart, um, to behold you in a new way. Does that sound overly dramatic? No, because I think that's exactly what I was saying about, um, especially in my individual prayer, uh, disposing yourself towards gratitude opens your eyes increases your awareness of how God is present in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you if everything is focused on 
I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. I'm going to accomplish all the things on my task list. I'm going to get through, um, you know, these things and kind of earn my way to my own salvation. Then you're always going to fall short and you're going to find all these obstacles uh, to your goals in the world. But if you put yourself in a position of receptivity, of of thankfulness for the, the gifts that God has given, the people that God has put into your life, then it completely flips things. And it's like anything that happens is um, a gift from God and is helping me along this journey towards my salvation. Yeah. Okay, so let's get practical. The last two weeks for you have been hard. Really hard. So... Where does gratitude, because I think like sometimes I feel like I can have these conversations and um, it all sounds fine and great until I have a bad day. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's actually, it's actually where the rubber meets the road. It's actually in the trenches or in the difficulty or in the, you know, year that was 2020, uh, in the pregnancy sickness or in the toddler meltdown, whatever stage of life you find yourself in, I think that's actually the key place that God wants us to lean into gratitude. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and so it's, it's easy to talk about gratitude when, um, we have like all of these really clear blessings and when things are good and when, you know, we're dancing together as a family really well and um, our girls perfectly go to bed and <laughs> I've never seen that happen. Um, but it's a lot more difficult to have the conversation about gratitude or to focus on maybe to fo- not have the conversation, but to focus on gratitude when work is really stressful or, um, you know, there's a rupture in a relationship or whatever you want to say. So like, let's look at your last two weeks. How do you feel like either gratitude helped or how do you feel like you could have leaned into it more? Well, I think like, I think with, as with anything else, there's a part of growing in gratitude is learning to choose it. Mm. And in the last couple of weeks, there were a number of days where I just woke up knowing that this was not going to be a good day. Dang. <laughs> but then you're faced with this choice of, I can acknowledge that it's going to be a hard day and um, things aren't going to go my way. Or you can put yourself again, in that disposition of receptivity. And you can say, there's going to be a lot of challenges, but God, give me the grace uh, for to receive whatever you do bring to me in that day. And it kind of flips things on its head a little bit, I think. And, and it makes you more acutely aware of the, yeah, I, I think, again, just the role that God is actively playing in our lives and how he's responding to our prayers. Mm-hmm. So I might say in, in prayer uh, with you or prayer individually that, you know, I need this or I need that, or uh, if it's your will, help me to accomplish this yet today. But if I then follow up in that and actually acknowledge those times that God is responding to those requests, um, 
And maybe even when he's not responding to those requests, Preach. and just saying, Preach. it is what it is. Thanks for the, um, you know, the things that you, I've been given. Yeah. Um, then it just, it changes your attitude and it changes the perspective and it doesn't make, doesn't always make the day that much easier. And sometimes <laughs> in fact, it makes the day a lot harder, but yeah. I think in the end it's, uh, yeah, it's a good thing. Hmm. Pick up your cross and follow me. Mm -hmm. So I think this is a good conversation to have going into Advent because um, I feel like I could use a little kick in the butt. Um, I think we probably all could of just being a bit more intentional, a bit more. I just feel like I've been distracted is is maybe at the heart of it. Um, And you've just been a really great witness to me the last um, several months, the last few weeks. Um, I think sometimes I can use pregnancy as an excuse like I'm just wiped by the end of the day or just I'm not feeling great or whatever and you've just been really a steady um hand or a steady uh guide and supporter in um in the last couple of weeks and months but I think it's a good time to have this conversation going into Advent um as just kind of a time to start fresh um maybe we could we haven't had this conversation this would be a good time to have it what do we want to do for advent <laughs> as a family because we do our advent wreath typically mm-hmm. oh my gosh okay you know what i want to do what did i tell you about the traveling nativity no thing okay so shout out to robin Brugeman. oh what's her instagram handle divine nine living lit I think it is. She's this really, really cool gal um, with a big family, and she just loves living liturgically. This is um, the Pinnells. Mom. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So anyway, she, uh, I got to interview her on the radio last week, and she was just talking about different things that her family does. And I think for, for me, sometimes I can start to feel a little overwhelmed by all of the things that I want to do and... Uh, and the reality of our current stage of family life and that kind of thing. Um, but she just had some really cool ideas. And one of them that I loved was um, they do a traveling nativity throughout their house. So Mary and Joseph, like they go to, they visit each of the kids' rooms, like starting in Advent leading up to Christmas. Um, and they move Mary and Joseph throughout their whole house. Isn't that cool? Really cool? And then the kids sometimes like will have to go and find. So instead of like an elf on the shelf, type thing which just kind of freaks me out are you anti-ant on the the show we've never had a conversation you're neutral Mm -hmm. i think i could make you anti um we'll talk about that afterwards i just don't i just i'm like not into it i can't handle it. it freaks me out um but it's kind of that same you know concept but a cool way to engage kids so i thought we could try that this year i think it's a great idea isn't that fun yeah um and then, and then, yeah, kind of do the um, the Advent wreath, which I think has been a really beautiful thing, just on our dinner table. Do you remember last year when we tried to do the Bishop Barron thing, though? Yeah, I think I had this expectation of we're going to read this great uh, Advent reflection as a family every night, and then we're going to talk about it, and we're going to pray with it. <laughs> and at that time, we had a one-year-old and a three-year-old. And I think my expectations just did not meet reality. Which is a real thing. And it was hard. Yeah. Like we were really frustrated, which I think, go ahead. 
Well, I was just going to say, I'm thinking a little bit about, okay, so you recognize that the last couple of weeks have been hard. And I've always said, when things are hard, then you dig your heels in and you stick to your disciplines. And like, that's why you establish habits and routines. So I would be curious, though, to try something like that again this year, maybe not that exact thing, now that we have a better established family prayer to see if the girls would be a little bit more responsive to it because we already have kind of a form um, that we've been following in our prayer life. Yeah. I just think there has to be that openness to finding what works for every family, you Mm -hmm. know? And, And there's probably so many listeners right now that are like, oh, we do this or we have this really cool thing that's worked or, you know, um, which is just really beautiful. I think we're kind of in that stage of just still figuring out our own traditions. And so, yeah, if you're in that place, we're, we're on that journey with you. Um, and if you, uh, do have ideas or things that have really worked for you, or maybe you're looking to switch it up, you know, I think that's part of it too. And, and something that, um, we really had to be okay with like, all right, if we keep on running into a brick wall, trying to do what we're doing, for example, the Bishop Aaron, though it was beautifully written, it was just a little bit above where our family was at uh, last year, but just being open to trying new things and, you know, figuring out something new. And I think it raises the question of our habits, maybe not habits, that's not the right word to say, our traditions, things that are intentionally implemented or are they things that spontaneously happen you say hey this was successful let's do it again next year is that the question you're pondering i don't i'm pondering it yeah okay wait say that again are traditions things that are intentionally implemented or are they things that spontaneously happen and then they're successful so you want to try it again next year and sometimes things stick sometimes things stick Yeah, like, do you intentionally create your traditions or did something happen that you were like, that was really fun. Let's do that every year. That's an that's an interesting question to be pondering, Matt. Yeah. What's what's going to stick this year? (laughs) What's going to stick? We'll see if the traveling nativity sticks. What that is one tradition that we've had that I've really enjoyed is we have been um, acquiring, I guess, a, a nativity set. So the first year of our marriage, we bought just a very simple Mary, Joseph, and Jesus. And every year, we buy a new piece to our nativity to add to it. So it's been really fun to see it kind of grow and expand. And other girls, um, they're attentive to it, and they like to see, you know, talk about which figure is going to be the next one that's going to be added and that type of thing. So that's been kind of a cool tradition. It's been really beautiful. Mm -hmm. I feel like a total pagan. I'm ready to get this off my chest. We started decorating for Christmas, folks. (laughs) And normally I'm really anti-decorating Christmas before Thanksgiving. Yeah. Because I really love Thanksgiving because I really love to eat. (laughs) (laughs) But But this year I was was thinking it's 2020. If we're not careful... Christmas could Christmas, be Christmas could be canceled. <laughs> no one can take away Christmas uh, unless this indeed is the second coming. And then who needs Christmas? Because right. here he is. Uh, yeah, no, we started decorating for Christmas also because I was had to be at home uh, due to a quarantine exposure or due to a COVID exposure for two weeks. I was like, there's no way I'm not bringing out. I'm not decking the halls over those two weeks while I'm at home. So... 
Well, friends, I I hope that um, this encourages you or gets you thinking in a new way about your own family prayer, or if you're not married yet, the ways that um, you're creating space and intention within your life uh, for a little carved out prayer time. And I hope that you would share this with a friend. Matt, thanks for being on. Thanks for having me on. You nailed it. Thanks. Proud of you. You ready for bed? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. Share this with a friend and we'll see you next time.